0: The silent S is because he's sneaky. Ha-Hank Redemption! hank Redemption! (laughs) The S is silent (laughs) Ha-Hank Redemption? It's all about a guy named Hank. (laughs) Who shankity shanks everybody in the prison. You can't say the S's, so he hankity hanks everyone. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy.
1: I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends submerge you in a cesspool of spoilers as we explain... Rate slash review and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. Since this is a cesspool of
2: spoilers, this is actually our second Simply Spoilers episode, meaning that if you have not seen Shawshank Redemption and you don't want any of it spoiled, tune out and tune back in once you've seen it. For other spoiler timestamps, check out our Instagram and Twitter at WeExplainMovies
0: because we might spoil some other stuff along the way. We're just going to talk about Shawshank Redemption this whole time. It's going to be great yeah happy <laughs> stephen king month it, yeah. <laughs> is, is it national stephen king month so the reason that we
1: can't know but, <laughs> <laughs> <I think laughs> but his, his birthday's coming up and is it, it really it, chapter two just came out and he's got his new book coming out this week and he's just the light of my life so, so like why Aww, not, I not, I not celebrate him. for him yeah, yeah. Because uh, we needed another Simply Spoilers episode, and so Kaylee and I came to decide on this one because... It was actually
2: like weird happenstance, to be honest, because yeah. I bought the DVD a while back because I've never actually seen it all the way through, and uh, I was looking at DVDs on my shelf for us to pick, I said, why don't we do Shawshank, and Courtney was like, that's perfect because it'll be right in time for it.
1: Yeah, and it's also the highest rated movie uh, on several lists. Yeah, like IMDb. Yes, it's always like second or ahead of The Godfather. Those two are neck and neck on so many different lists.
2: Okay, well, to start off, we came up with this fun idea that we're going to talk about our favorite Stephen King adaptations because
1: there's a big old plethora of them. My goodness, so many. So we just looked over the entire adaptation list. We are only doing his movies, not anything that was made into a miniseries or a television series. Uh, including little spin offs like Castle Rock. We won't be doing that. Shout out to Castle Rock. Shout out to Castle Rock. Um, instead, it is all of his movies, and it's kind of funny from looking through them that there are so many where you're just instantly like, a winner. Yeah. And I know that there are certain things that will be on all our lists. Or there are certain things where uh, maybe I know that Kayleen will have one that's a favorite that's not one of mine. Mm -hmm. But they're all going to be within the same vein of good Stephen King adaptations. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So some of them might be a little bit a duh, but some of them might be controversial. We'll see. So we're going to start by just listing them and then we'll have a conversation. Just so that we can all get through that. I think we should go one person at a time too. Yes. This
0: is in order from most favorite to least favorite top five, right? Yes. So what's your number one? Okay, me? Sure. Yeah. Okay, my number one is IT Chapter 2. Whoa, <laughs> wow. <laughs> we just saw it. We literally just saw it, you know. I that's... thought I was controversial by putting that in my top Whoa. five. Really? No, I for sure. You guys, okay. no, Should go we... through your list. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm so... You're right, okay, sorry. It's IT Chapter 2, then The Green Mile, okay. then Stand By Me, then Shawshank Redemption, then The Mist, Cool. We have the same top five, just different order. Okay. Really? Yeah. All of the same? All the same.
1: Wow. wow. All right. Okay, well then so, you should Then noticed. I'll go next. My number one is The Green Mile. My number two is The Mist. Cool. My number three is Stand By Me, which is where it was for Kimmy. Mm-hmm. My number four is Shawshank. My number five is It Chapter Two. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah.
2: Mine has two that are different. The Green Mile, Shawshank Redemption, The Shining, Misery, The Mist. Mm. Stand By Me was the one I was really debating if I was going to keep that, or Misery, but ultimately I decided Misery because I like the the creepiness is so good in it. Alright, mm-hmm.
1: well let's maybe discuss The Green Mile because that's Kayleen and I's top and then yes. it's Kimmy's second. close second, yeah. and
0: also it would, boy it, is it
1: reminiscent of Shawshank. It's yes, <laughs> so it Shawshank. And if yeah. we
0: hadn't just seen it chapter two, it would be my top.
1: Yeah, true, because so. oh, okay. we just saw that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: I mean as we discovered as we were watching Shawshank it's the same director, so Frank Darabont did both The Green Mile and Shawshank. And The Mist. Oh, right, you that, And uh, we actually, this is pretty exciting to be talking about on the podcast. Earlier um, this summer, I bought the book The Long Walk, which is Stephen King writing as Richard Bachman. We just found out that Frank Darabont used to have the rights to that, to make that movie, but now
1: someone else has it and supposedly is going to make it. Yeah, so that comes out TBD. Yeah. But it'll be directed by the director of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yeah. And The Long Walk is awesome, so can't wait to see that on the screen.
0: Yeah. Yeah
2: but the green mile i mean i could talk about it for days like it's it's
0: one of your favorite films it's my you? favorite
2: film i yes. mean i of course have a huge boner for back to the future and yeah. we talk about that all the time because that is also i would consider my favorite film but i think just as far as like picking one film that really does it for me, it's the Green Mile.
1: It's because everyone has their cop-out, like, uh, mine's Titanic, but my favorite film is Arrival. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the same. it's, but the, it's same the same thing. Yeah, You gotta have your, your favorite that's, it's, like, there. And it's, yeah. they're
2: so wildly different. How can I say that a movie like Back to the Future that's just, like, fun and games, but all, <laughs> not to say that's all it is, but Yeah. It, that's what it does for me, whereas The Green Mile, it's, it's not like I'm laughing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, it's not something that you, you watch because it's on TV. It's not
2: rewatchable <laughs> like Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, it definitely, it's a mood you have to you be in. saddle so up for it. a
0: big old cry. Yeah, hey, and you <laughs> introduced me to The Green Mile. I did. Yeah, you were super stoked about it. And I was just blown away. It, it I was just reduced to tears, of course. Yeah.
2: I mean, I've seen it countless times now, and every time I cry.
0: Yeah, it's every just, time.
2: It's so... there's It's so powerful. And not even... So, spoilers for The Green Mile. Not even just at John Coffey's death, but that we get such
1: an unjust death with um, Delacroix, also. It's mm-hmm. so unfair. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. That's... I mean, and that's big time with Shawshank, too, is there's a lot of moments where you're like, Nothing I can do. Nothing I just I have to do. sit there and let this happen, and yeah. it's yeah. terrible. I'm
0: just really upset. <laughs> I always get emotional about when he saves the wife, Patricia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
2: their
1: conversation is so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that's an amazing movie. Frank Darabont, like, can't say enough about how he knows how to adapt to Stephen King. Because, right? It seems uh, like those two are just destined to be together. Right? Frank and Stephen. Seriously. And, I mean, I don't want to cut off our discussion to the green mile, but, like, his, de- his decision to do The Mist and to change the ending. Yeah. And to mm-hmm. make it what it was, which, again, like, The Mist, If there's any movie that gut punches you, it's that one with that ending. (laughs) That's the most tragic ending. (laughs) Yeah. And I I don't cry at it because I'm instead just like, no! Yeah. Again. It's
0: so unfair. So
1: unfair. Yeah. What
0: happened in the book? What's the ending of the book? So spoilers for the book slash movie. Of The Mist, yes. It's just
1: ambiguous. They're driving off into the distance. It's the same deal where the the like five of them make it to the car outside of the grocery store, mm-hmm. and then it's just it's open ended of like they hear about a destination and they have to go towards it, and mm-hmm. so that's just them driving off into the distance Not instead making any of life changing decisions. Instead of spoiling the mist, uh, instead of shooting everybody, including your six year old son, and then running out of bullets so you can't kill yourself, and, and then the national what... guard shows up, yeah, <laughs> man, showing that this could have all been prevented. That's it's so, so crazy. awful, and
2: it's it's the fact that that there weren't enough bullets so he had to choose to be the one to get eaten by the monsters yes and he goes out to say like take me monsters like this sucks I have to go this way and can't just kill myself nicely yeah and now
1: he still and doesn't guess, get closure oh, it's yeah. so terrible but Stephen King actually has said that's his favorite adaptation of his I like work. that I wow. get that and he's happy that they changed the ending and also I don't think Stephen King writes bad endings I think I, I, that, that's just,
0: like, a critic,
1: you know. It's just a critic, because especially with his dramas, Shawshank's a yes. great ending, Stand By Me is Green fine, Miles, Green Mile's is a great ending, Mist is fine. I would say that uh, I I find that very
2: fitting for being in It, because that too. is a, a big thing people say about the book and the TV series, is that they hated the ending.
1: I mean, <laughs> I loved the book until the last, like, 300 pages, I so was exactly. like, what is happening? And, yeah, so that's, that's a great criticism yeah. for It, but... As far as other things, like yeah, it, it's fine. Okay. I mean, I've seen a lot of, I've read a lot of his books that have great closure and that totally. have an ending. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yours was the Green Mile. Your first one was The was The Green-, Green Mile, followed by The Mist. So that's why I went into that because both are Frank Darabont. Yeah. Okay. So we can this talk is a about great segue we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah. It chapter two. Yeah, you guys, I was was just s- severely impressed with it. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: I I will say. And I think that's fine for you to have it as your number one. It's not like it's—it's it's not <laughs> like I dislike it or anything, but we did just see it two days ago. Yes. I feel like you need to see it again, and it needs to sit with you longer. Maybe your opinion would change. Yeah, it might. I think we're still a little high from it, is what I, I'm
0: saying. So, It Chapter One, I don't really like. And I literally watched it the day before we went to go and see It Chapter Two. Not that it's horrible. I just like really expected something a lot scarier, and I think that there wasn't much that they could do with the child actors. Although they did go pretty far with them, I think they had a lot more to work with with the adult actors. I just think that they packed so much into the movie as far as like content from the book, and it didn't seem like really long, and it it seemed like they weaved it together really well. And it was way more emotional than I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be. It was really, really well acted. Yeah, I wish they could have had more Bill Skarsgård, but he, mm-hmm. he did really well with, with mm-hmm. what he was in and stuff. But Pennywise aside, I, I love the Losers Club, and I yeah. loved them as adults. Mm-hmm.
1: As kids, they're, they're great, but as the adults, I was just there for it, and it, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it was long. I felt like I got so much from all of them.
2: It's funny, because I think that out of the three of us, I like It Chapter 1 the most out of all of us, and I think I liked It Chapter 2 the least. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing it again, because I I would like to have a better grasp on my feelings about it. It still feels very fresh, and now that I know
1: what to expect, that can also give me a different perspective on things. Um, I'm excited to pick up more. I feel like there's so much in it that... um... Just, I love rewatching things. I love those things that you pick up on the second totally. time. Um, and there'll be a lot to pick up on with, like, Richie. Totally. Yeah. And I think that the acting, for me at least, was my favorite part of the movie. All, mm-hmm. Even
2: the people whose names I didn't know were phenomenal.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, moving down our
0: lists, then, Kimmy and I both have Stand By Me at number three. It yeah. feels really nostalgic and just makes me... You said something that I really liked about when we were talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood you said that it made you nostalgic for a time that you never lived in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just feel like I want to go ride my bikes without worrying that a kidnapper <laughs> is going to take me. Yeah, yeah I, you could get hit
1: by a train.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, you know, drink water out of the garden hose and stuff. You, know. did, I
1: mean, you did that as a kid. Yeah, we
0: did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I don't think that my kids will, you know? Just... Well, it's because I won't be able to afford a house
1: with a garden hose. <laughs>
0: and kids were just outside more and like left alone by their parents like they weren't there were no like really like helicopter parents or anything like that
1: (laughs) it's funny because I know exactly what you're saying but it's really terrible to romanticize the parents of Stand By Me because they're literally like, you're
0: not your brother, Denny. Yeah. You're the one who lived and you suck. <laughs> and right. Just no, him. Definitely like not, you know, romanticizing <laughs> any of their trauma. That's horrible. <laughs> That's It's horrible, but like I I want to go out and be like a free kid out in the world and like, I don't really Go find that... a dead
1: body. Why not?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, I like the feeling of that. Movie like in that way and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
1: yeah if they're like a little losers club
0: totally. yeah
2: yeah what's on your list, Uh Next, I have Shawshank for number two. Well, then we'll just hold off on that because this yeah. is what this podcast is about. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I'll talk all about it. So, The Shining. I, I totally get why Stephen King doesn't like it. I do. And I, I say that because it is the only Stephen King book I've read all the way through. As I said, I'm reading The Long Walk, but I'm not finished. So The Shining is the only one I've read all the way through. I did, however, start reading it after I had already seen the movie. Then I watched the movie again after having read it. So I've seen The Shining twice. And I kind of like doing that. I kind of like watching a movie, and then reading the book, and then watching the movie again, because mm-hmm. then as I'm reading the book, I find it easier to keep track, If especially if there's a lot of characters, because I already have a vision of them in my head, yeah. mm-hmm. and everything just seems a lot easier, and I get through it faster, and then when I watch the movie, I can go, oh, okay, this is what is different, I remember now. I just think that, in my personal opinion, the movie needs to be considered a separate entity from the book, because they're both great in their own ways, and I love The Shining. It's super scary and traumatizing, and I think that the changes they made were interesting. I wouldn't call them better, but I think that they um, work for the story and make a compelling movie, and it scares crap out of me.
0: I feel like I'm gonna you know, commit, like, moviegoer sacrilege by saying this, but I never really (laughs) like, felt the hype for it, even when I watch it, and it makes me mad. Like, I think I spoke about this before, like, it makes me mad when I watch movies that are held in like <laughs> such high regard when I don't like it because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not getting something. You like, missed something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I just feel like this is what I think. I think that it's really lengthy and it's drawn out and it makes me feel bored, but I think that, that the film is doing that on purpose because mm-hmm. that's what it's supposed to feel like trapped inside the hotel and stuff like that. Mm. But like as an entertainment you know, uh, factor, I'm just like, do some naked ladies, mm. you know. You're nowhere near alone in those thoughts. Okay. It's a very polarizing
1: movie. So it's all right. You <laughs> love it or you people, it. people feel
2: very different ways about it. Yeah. I yeah. I will also say partially it's that I like the creepiness of it, but partially it is just one of those movies where it just gives me a mood and it kind of reminds sure. me of, I guess that that era of films and I I just really feel like I'm there and I there's just something about being in a hotel that has always been fascinating to me. And so there's something about a whole film set there that just seems mm-hmm. very adventurous and otherworldly, and it's I great like setting. that. Yeah, that's so
0: really that's my number feeling.
2: three. Um, my number four is Misery. That also wasn't on y'all's list, no, right? I've never seen it. Oh, You've never seen it? Oh, uh, mm-hmm. do, you,
0: do you know what happens and stuff? All I know is that Kathy Bates knocks some guy's knee out with a <laughs> with a hammer. Do yeah. you know <laughs> why? He, he she kidnapped him or something, and. And he's an author, and she's a a, his biggest fan or something. Yeah, that's it. Okay, all right, great.
2: (laughs) That's pretty much what it is. It's she's super good at being frightening, and uh, I mean that's all that one. I just find it very creepy, and um, I think it did what it wanted to very well in making me afraid of this lady. And it's very just, I'm gonna torture you until you do what I want. Now you're mine. Yeah. Ha ha. It's like fangirls gone crazy type of a
1: thing. I like it. I do. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited yes. to see what Castle Rock does with it. Yeah, I mean, Castle Rock is very vague. Like, their first season may as well have been, quote, uh, yeah, Shawshank themed. Yeah. Because Shawshank is much. in it. And so this one, Lizzie Kaplan is going to be playing Annie Wilkes. Oh. But I mean, she has a daughter played by Elsie Fisher. So it's, again, like the idea of misery. Maybe we'll be like in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Um,
0: Okay. Well, now we're just gonna talk Shawshank. Like, God bless Stephen King for creating so much <laughs> content. So know? much that there are literally
2: like thirty to forty on that list I haven't even heard of and/or seen. I know,
0: right? I know.
2: So to to start off our conversation, should we talk about like our favorite moments from the movie?
0: Yes, from a Shawshank Redemption. Favorite from the Shawshank moments. Shawshank Redemption.
1: My favorite is it just a storyline and a, a character, everything to do with Brooks. Yeah, Brooks is my favorite part of that movie. Little Jake, the bird in his pocket. Oh, the surprise of
2: him. And because I had, I mean, I know that's how it's intended, but I had no idea he was gonna feed the maggot to his little bird friend. I was like, stop
1: asking what the maggot looks like, you psycho! And then he gives it to the bird. Yes, so if you haven't seen it Brooks is the sweet, like, 80-year-old librarian and his first interaction with our main character is asking, are you going to eat that to the maggot, like, in his oatmeal? And then he takes the maggot and he feeds it to a baby bird. It's in his pocket. (laughs) And... We also just kind of have, like, our best moment of the viewing experience. When, oh, yeah. <laughs> when, because Brooks is released from oh, prison. Yes, yes. and in it, the to... part of the viewing experience, <laughs> That's what for I sure. said, yeah. It's the best yeah. part of the viewing experience. And uh, Brooks has to go back into the world, and very reluctantly, like, he's almost willing to commit murder to stay in the prison yeah. until the end of his life. Because that's and all he knows. That's all he knows. And as he's leaving the prison, he has to give Jake the bird up, and so he puts <laughs> him on a little... Windowsill, and he's like, "Goodbye, buddy." And Kimmy goes, "He's a domesticated bird. He's not going to survive." <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> Kayleen yells, "It's a metaphor."
2: Which, uh, to to Kimmy's credit, not to, not to your credit, but Kimmy got my, the metaphor. I, I,
0: I didn't connect. No, I, I didn't connect it. I was like, was "Fuck funny. that guy. He's going to kill that bird by what letting was, him go out there."
2: <laughs> what I love about this that was so perfect <laughs> and made it so funny that we laughed for like ten minutes is that Kimmy got the metaphor without knowing it. I wouldn't have gotten the metaphor except that she literally just said it in front of me and so I instantly yelled at her and then we were all
1: just like, what a beautiful time for us to like (laughs) help each other get the metaphor. Yes. That's funny. Brooks is heartbreaking, but but he's just one of those characters who's like, and what's interesting is we don't know his backstory. We don't know what he did. Obviously, all of these men are Bad to a degree. They're yeah. in prison for life. Did you say, do you know what Brooks did by reading the book? So we, we don't know what he did at all in the movie. Mm-hmm. He doesn't exist in the book. Oh. Oh. Yeah. That's
2: quite a big character. So that's to not why be in the I'm book. like,
1: I'm even more on the Brooks train because Frank Darabont just wow. adding this character in is so Delacroix and Mr. Yeah. Jangles. Um, however, Delacroix is still a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Delacroix, like, set people on fire, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so now we have instead. This sweet old man, who, who knows, Brooks might have done that too, I don't know, he's in prison for life, but whatever it is, he seems like he has atoned and he has just tried to make the life as best he can as the prison librarian, yeah. and then to have him be sent out into this world, helpless, like a sea-rolled orca <laughs> released back into the wild. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, he takes his own life, and it's horrible. Yeah, It's horrible. Does Frank write either of these I think he wrote them. He did. It's written and directed by Frank Darabont. That's
2: crazy. He's to not only be so good at directing them, but to have also And he's barely them.
1: done anything. Like, only those three good movies. I think he's done one other. Yes. Uh, but then he's really not directed much. He's directed quite a bit of television. Oh, that's the other one he did. And uh, so the only other movie he did was The Majestic. Have oh, you guys seen that? I've never seen, that? That. I've never seen The Majestic. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now I'm very eager to. I would love to know what that's it cool. is.
2: I was gonna say, because I would call this my second favorite moment, I love the fan service at the end of them hugging, Mm -hmm. because I even said it before it happened, and Kimmy goes, they're not gonna do that, and I was like, you're right, they're not gonna do that, that's too cheesy, but then they do hug on the beach, and I was like, I'm here for it! (laughs) Um, But uh, my actual favorite moment, it's not the only movie to ever do this, but I just, you can see it coming a mile away, and it's so satisfying to watch, is... When he takes the risk of going up to the guard on the roof and talking about how he can get all of the money oh. for um, his
1: dead relative? Yeah, his relative yeah. dies and he can give the money as a gift yeah. to his wife so the IRS won't tax him. It's just, like, I, you, you see it coming, you know that he's
2: like thinking about whether it's worth it to do it and he mm-hmm. almost dies for it. And it right? was so satisfying.
1: And it's satisfying too that what he asks for from the guards is not so long as you keep the sisters away from me. Like yeah instead it's I want beer for all my friends yeah. and I won't even drink it. Yeah. I just yeah. want their happiness. That's cause he plays the long game motherfucker. This movie <laughs> is just the long game. Really? It's just it the been called long, the game, long game. game.
0: Right? I I found out. My favorite part when Andy locks the guard in the office and he plays the Mm -hmm. phonograph music of the opera singer. That's cute. it didn't cry that much. It's just like, so is what happens is Andy locks the guard in the bathroom and puts that up to like the prison speakers like for Mm -hmm. the whole prison to hear this beautiful opera song and everybody stops to listen to it and it is beautiful and i just imagined the fact that they in that era just like don't listen to music yeah.
2: because if this this were a modern story if this were a prison story about 2019 nobody would give a shit about that Yeah. but because of the era that it's set in it is such a beautiful jaw dropping moment because mm-hmm. well especially because it's a female singer they all just yeah like <laughs> when was the last time
0: you heard a woman sing like that's so right? beautiful yeah I was uh, the moving on from that question I realized the twist in the movie before it happened about the cute guy? Oh. Uh, Tommy. Tommy? I would
2: also like our listeners to know that for this entire movie, we called Tim Robbins a snack, but then the Elvis looking guy shows up and we're like, oh, that's a snack.
1: <laughs> it was like one was like, didn't we say something about how one's one was like a, a wholesome snack? One was a like your snack. side bitch. <laughs> like one was a granola bar, that's Tim Robbins, and the other one was like Flamin' Hot Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yeah, well, they're but- a snack. <laughs> What's his name? Tommy? Tommy. Tommy, this Elvis looking hunka, hunka bird in love. Who apparently
2: you said is in Scary Story. Yeah, he yeah, plays that's... the old
0: cop in Scary so Stories Still in the Dark and he like did not age. Well, sh- don't tell him. <laughs> 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 but he shows up, he's so cute, he's got a wife and new baby that he's mm. trying to get out of jail for. He tries to get his high school diploma and he gets it. After being such a little sissy to yes. Yeah,
2: after throwing a fit. <laughs> when our when our main snack helps him out, even yeah. though he's his
1: competition. Yes. And he digs his stuff out of the trash. But then he's got the major reveal that Andy is innocent. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: He yeah. tells him that Andy's innocent and then the warden takes him out yeah. of the gate and and Kayleen, was it you?
2: Courtney had a different guess. Courtney. I wasn't quite said,
0: sure. Someone said Oh my gosh is he, is he going to rat on him like or something like that like what would you say like oh. I thought he
1: was going to strike a deal like how about yeah. you
0: keep your mouth shut yeah. which is
1: I'll have my little moment about the book, but that's what happens. gets him to never speak of it and transfers him in prison. Which is so much more pleasant than shooting him like a dog in the dead of night. You you know what, though? This was a lot more satisfying
2: for a well-rounded movie experience. Like, to shoot him like that. Even though, of course, I was devastated. It's like, then I really hate the warden. Whereas the other way, I would still hated him, but... It's a little bit less monstrous
0: that way. Yeah, he's a monster. Fuck the warden. Honestly, one of my one of my other favorite parts about the movie is when he opens the Bible and there's the cutout of yeah. I, I like, guess that dope as hell. Like
2: I, I guess that because yeah. in the beginning the warden is holding on to his Bible for a long time and then he goes, "Oh, here you can have this back." I was like, "Ooh, they did that because they wanted us to feel nervous that he's going to take his little
1: rock pick away, right?" Oh, and he was, was like, don't worry, I memorized the whole Bible before cutting it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has like He's two, just all about that long game. <laughs> what if he
2: had, like, the slivers, you know, that are in the shape of his little hammer that are just all over his room? He's like, I studied these little hammer sheets.
1: Right. <laughs> um, the Bible on
2: context. Because Kimmy and I had never actually seen this all the way through before, and we didn't know the story, even though we... I at least had some impressions of the story. Like, I knew for sure that it was about him trying to escape. I knew there was the bit about him um, dropping the rocks out of his pants. Mm. But I thought, I was under the impression that we were going to get to see him cutting his way out. I, we so, never get to
1: see it so, so once he mm.
2: Yeah, so once it's revealed that he's escaped, like when they don't see him, then I realized in that moment, oh shit, he's been doing it the whole time. Mm. Because oh, I knew yeah. it, was, it was coming, I just thought we would see it. Um, but the thing I was going to say is, Since you'd never seen it, and I, I mean, this is for me too, but did you think he was innocent? Yeah, I do. I do. No, 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 like, did you when you were watching it? Yes, I'm
0: trying to think in retrospect, Like, yeah, yeah, I do think it was. Just because it seemed kind of ambiguous, they didn't Mm -hmm. show him killing him, he seemed really shell-shocked by the situation, and it just, things went so conveniently unwell for him (laughs) to end up in Shawshank that I'm like, this can't... This can't be, like, a true murder. And yeah. I think that's partially the reason why we don't get to figure out a lot of what the other um, inmates are in for so mm-hmm. that we empathize with them.
2: Same with the Green mm-hmm. Mile. Like, they really only talk about people's crimes once they're dying because I'm not going to... If you show me Delacroix setting people on fire, I'm not going to be sad you squished his mouse. Yeah. But I am. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think the only reason that I really thought that was because I figured if at the end of the movie we find out he killed his wife, then I kind of de empathize with yes. him the whole time. Because at yeah. some
1: point he was a cold-blooded killer.
2: Yeah, so I figured if anything, like at the very least, they would leave it ambiguous, like how everyone says they're innocent, and mm-hmm. that we would just assume he was. But the fact that it's called Shawshank Redemption, like redemption,
0: yeah. <laughs> I
1: assumed, but I I was like, maybe I'll be wrong.
0: Yeah. So that
1: seems like a great segue for Red. Oh, yeah. Yes, because, and, and that's another great thing about not getting to see Andy digging through the tunnel, we see everything from Red's perspective. Yeah. Oh, this man wants a pickaxe because he loves rocks and he loves carving rocks. Oh, this man wants a photo of Rita Hayworth to hang up on his cell, you know, and it's just, it's all from Red's perspective, and we don't know why Red is in there. We know that he's really not trying very hard to get parole. Yeah. He says the same terrible line for 20 years before, mm-hmm. like, the 30th year that he actually changes it up, and shows that he can be redeemed and yeah. shows that he has paid for this crime and really learned. And in the movie, he says, I did something really terrible when I was a young, stupid kid. And so in my mind, I'll have you guys guess what you think Red's crime was. Because mm. in my mind, before reading the book, I thought, he, he seems like the kind of guy who probably got in a fight with somebody and either beat them to death and it was just a quick brawl fight, mm-hmm. like in a bar I I feel like there was, I again, I'm only saying this movie
2: once, so I feel like there's things I that have slipped my mind since watching it a few days
0: ago. But I want to say there was a line that made me think it was some kind of robbery gone wrong. Okay, I'm glad that you said that, because I definitely feel like it was... Just Just the the, like robbery. a big
1: heist turning into a murder or Yeah, an accidental
0: mm. murder or yeah. something like that.
1: I uh, like that you guys both thought something to do with robbery because it actually was money-motivated. Okay. Mm. He was married. He was 20 years old, and he was married to his wife, and it's so interesting that they didn't go into any depth about how he felt about her even a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Instead, he was like, I was married to my wife, and I decided to take out a life insurance policy on her, and the next day, like, cut the brakes in her car so Whoa. that she would crash the car, and die, and he would get money. Wow. And then it says, but I had no idea that on her way down to the store, she would pick up her friend and her <gasps> infant. The wife picked up her friend and the friend's infant, oh. and then drove, and three people died because of it, including a baby. My question is, when she went to go pick up the friend- I don't know, you know her- if it was brakes. It was, like, okay. you can cut okay. brakes, and then it- They'll work for a bit and then stop. He did Mm -hmm. something to the car. I think it was brakes How would they have proved that? I feel like that's one of those crimes that seems like you could get away with it. I think it's actually a very easy one to prove, especially when somebody takes out a life insurance policy the day before. (laughs) I mean, uh, that's probably pretty true. I know that a lot of people have been caught for the brakes. So he... he
0: wanted to murder his wife? Yeah, for money. Oh my gosh.
1: Wow. And they didn't say how he felt about her, but he was pretty sad that he accidentally killed more right yeah that's really sad yikes so that's what red did That well, makes me angry well <laughs> yeah, yeah he's in prison for murder <laughs> <laughs> these people aren't good people but they can be redeemed is what this whole movie you, is. you know what
2: else i liked is that i like this is two moments but tying into one idea remember that scene in the yard where he's like laughing at him kind of like oh well everybody says they're innocent um mm-hmm. He goes, Heywood, what are you in here for? And he goes, I'm innocent. Like, without even saying, (laughs) like, oh, they say I did this. He just goes, I'm innocent. And he goes, see? And then later, when they find out Andy is real innocent, Heywood goes, oh, shoot, you mean real innocent? Implying that it's almost a joke. It's Mm -hmm. a of course. Like, I'm sure there are some people in there who actually do ride or die by the fact that they're innocent, but I like that Haywood is a guy who just kind of does it because everyone does, Mm -hmm. and at at the bottom of it, he actually knows, no, I did my crime. That sucks he didn't do his
0: crime. Right. I'm still super angry.
2: (laughs) About Red. I'm sorry, I'm so
0: angry. Like, like, Shawshank Redemption, my ass, like... (laughs) I just feel like a, a white murderer shouldn't be redeemed. Now. Shawshank Redemption in my ass. What about the baby, Kimmy? I would like not, a T-shirt
2: that says this. Shawshank Redemption in my ass.
1: <laughs> <laughs> redemption's like, in like air quotes.
0: It's got a question mark <laughs> after it. <him>. Like, like. <laughs> No, I'm like, wow, I'm sorry I felt bad for Morgan Freeman this whole time. He, like, <laughs> went out okay. to go and murder his wife on purpose. If and we're, like, <laughs> fuck that.
1: Okay, well, if we're can thinking he, canon, maybe Frank Darabont changed it. I was, I was, maybe well, he did. That's
2: what I was just gonna say, is since they don't mention it in the movie, let's pretend it's still in <laughs> the Does ambiguous. he get out in the
1: book? Oh, okay, so another
2: thing to <laughs> <laughs> so the book, <laughs> does his wife get to go find a rock with money? I don't fucking think so. <laughs>
1: The main difference is no Brooks. I find out why Red is there. I'll talk about the warden in a minute, but I'm reading the book and he's like, I'll never know if Andy made it to Mexico. Here I am, just a man with this memoir and a prison sentence, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, wow, it's over. Where's the fan service? And then I clicked next, and it's in a short, it's a short story within a large book. Yeah. And so then I clicked next, thinking the story was over, and it actually, then it just goes one year later. And he was like, can you believe it? I'm out of prison. Uh. (laughs) What? (laughs) And it even has a line that was that stupid. It was like, never thought I'd be writing this, see? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see? (laughs) It was 1978, old chum. I shoved these papers up my ass, and I got out of prison. (laughs) 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 Literally, he did that.
2: (laughs) he shoved papers at he house? was like
1: I had to
0: save my mean, memoir
2: from the so
1: book. I shoved it up my butt <laughs>
0: what the fuck oh my
2: god. in the movie they're like we just need a narrator <laughs> and, I, and I was like this is a long
1: story did you shove 50 pages up your ass
2: <laughs> I guess how loose is your asshole
0: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um, everybody stop <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes to stop
0: Stephen King. Why did you make us care about a character who's a senseless murderer <laughs> who shoves things up his
1: ass for fun? <laughs> Anyways, he does make it to Mexico. Whatever.
0: They, they are <laughs> you know what? I hope he, he drinks the water and has diarrhea for a while. <laughs> for a while. <laughs> Would that redeem him in your eyes? <laughs> no.
2: Nope. I, I mean, but I think he deserves it. Well, you know, <laughs> you know what I will say is that. Yes, that is a horrible, horrible crime, but he went through the entire justice system and he did not escape. He got out through the justice system. So, I mean, they deemed him redeemed.
1: It's just, yeah. I mean, there's that's such a larger issue to go into. Of of, yeah. Especially because watching this, you're just like, that is a horrible way to go through life, especially yeah. for someone like Andy, who is innocent. Mm-hmm. But just the things that they make them do, especially not, I mean, a 20-year-old is an idiot. A 20-year-old makes stupid decisions yeah. to, like, kill their wife when obviously you're going to get caught. It sounds like he probably did it in the dumbest way possible. People are flawed. People are really bad. Mm-hmm. They were very bad people, and in the, um... The book, the warden doesn't get his comeuppance at all. He mm-hmm. gets away scot-free
0: yeah, at the end. that's true. Yeah, I was also upset about that. I, I wanted them to capture him. Oh, I mean, he didn't even kill himself in the book. He oh. gets away entirely. Really? He gets, gets away in the book? He gets away with
1: everything he did. That sucks. What? But to be fair, he didn't kill Tommy in the book. Okay,
0: well... I,
2: I mean, I didn't mind. I Yeah, it's a bummer that like he... Um, in a way, that's the nice way to go is to kill yourself instead of how. Have- I mean, he knows how
0: the
1: prison system is, so he's like, yeah. I don't want to be in prison. Also,
0: being a warden and inflicting all of that pain on he people. He would be killed immediately if he in
1: prison. People would know he was a warden. Yeah. 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 It,
2: but it just, like, yeah, it is a little upsetting, but I still liked it. I still felt like I got some. I still feel at least that it, he didn't get off scot free. He yeah. still got in, like, the same way that um, Sam Rockwell gets shot. Mm-hmm. That's exciting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and Percy, gosh, Percy he really goes gets to it. Insane yeah. Percy woman. getting all the, all the hurt and all the pain put inside yeah. of his body, and he's such a small man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything you guys didn't like about the film?
2: I was gonna say if we're gonna talk about that part, we should probably do that before the ending. The only thing
1: I didn't like is unfair comparisons in my own mind to the Green Mile. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know
2: what um, is so nice about it is that it really does. I don't know, this just feels like a movie that followed the formula of what it means to make a perfect movie. They were mm. like, I'll give you a sadness, I'll give you a character that was wrongfully accused who gets his revenge, and also, you know... like Count the, of Monte
1: Cristo style, and it, I'll even mention Count of Monte Cristo. And, yeah, and we'll show the book, there'll be metaphors littering the whole movie, uh-huh. um... People will feel so bad for this old man. Mm -hmm. We'll destroy a snack right in front of your very eyes. (laughs)
2: Uh, I would say, and you know what? Like, I kind of wanted to say that my least favorite part was the rape stuff, but I thought that uh, film-wise, like, cinematically, they handled it really well. Like, Mm -hmm. they they showed it in a way that makes me horrified, but they didn't show it too much that I was upset in that way. I, I think they stopped every scene right when they needed to. It wasn't
1: gratuitous like the way it typically is for women. Like in the perfection. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It's hard because I do agree with the the praise this movie has and I I didn't feel like it was lengthy. Mm-mm. Like it didn't it didn't feel slow to me even though I'm sure it was. No, it didn't long. feel slow to me
0: either.
1: Yeah I I mean I, there's not really anything I can pinpoint that I did not like. Instead it's just it
0: didn't changed my life the way Green Mile did. Green Mile there. is a 10 in my book. You guys seem to know Tim Robbins prior to watching this movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I don't, really, I don't think I do at least. War of the Worlds, baby. Who is he he's, in He's it? barely
1: in it. He's barely in it, and when he was in it, the entire theater that I was in audibly laughed hard. <gasps> really? Because it was like, because it was he was not ever marketed as being in this movie. And so you're watching this movie, all this stuff is happening, and then all of a sudden it's like, I'm Tim. And he's holding a <laughs> lantern up to his face, and he's like, I live in a hole. Oh, he's <laughs> the guy just,
0: who, try, who goes who wants, crazy? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and
1: it was just like, <laughs> but he is phenomenal in Mystic River. I haven't and I seen that think either. he I've got an Oscar that.
2: for it. The main thing I know him from is the movie Nothing to Lose with Martin Lawrence, where he also has uh, a whole, f- like, the movie is kickstarted by his wife cheating on him, just oh. like Shawshank oh, okay. is.
0: See, I don't know, I yeah, I guess I don't know him from anything, and I had no idea that was him in World War of the Worlds. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have that writing on him as, like, in viewing the character. This is kind of like a double-edged sword, because I felt like the way that he was as a character was really unrelatable. It, oh. And, like, he was kind of, like, somber, he was... Not very dynamically emotional in any way. I mean, he had, like, it it wasn't, like, peaks and valleys for me. It was, like, pretty, like, in the middle for how he played it. And they they talk about that being his character. So I really appreciate Tim Robbins' portrayal in that regard because he did it justice the way that it's supposed to be. But like in watching it, I'm like, you're kind of vanilla. I, I, I get what you're saying because yeah, it kind of feels stoic sometimes. Yeah, stoic. I,
2: I get that that could be bothersome. Like if that's something, especially if you start to feel that way early on, he doesn't change, <laughs> so, so you know. you're gonna
1: feel that way the whole time. Yeah. But I he just puts on some glasses. It, it, it really, gets a little wrinklier.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, it really didn't bother me, I think mostly because I forgive it for things happening around it, such as, in the beginning I take it to be shell-shock, even though I'm sure he's Mm. horrified, I, I take it to be, he's not ready to deal with those emotions yet. I think that there is a change of mood, but it's also, like, mostly makeup who did the mood change, um once he starts getting raped and beaten by those men, I do think that he still has the vanilla-ness about him, but it's more of a less cool guy and more sad guy. I I, I think I also forgive that part of his personality once we find out at the end that he's, like, he blames himself for his wife dying because he Mm -hmm. says, I drove her away, like, I never expressed how much I cared about her. And that is a fatal flaw for a
0: relationship. That was the part where I I identified with him the most, totally. and that's what I'm saying is that I think that his portrayal is really accurate is how that character probably would be but in that the situation. Maybe the character you're not on board with. Yeah, like the Just watching it from like an entertainment like movie standpoint, yeah. I'm like i uh, like, you know, I'm glad that you got what you <laughs> needed. I'm glad you escaped. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not like, please escape, oh my god, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know, it didn't have as high of stakes for me as I would have hoped in a situation like this.
2: There's also almost just a part of me that he's been there for so long, and, you know, he's almost like, not beating the system, of course, but he's like riding high, he's friends with all the guards, mm-hmm. friends yeah. with all the prisoners. He has a nice
0: job. The
2: bad guys are gone now, and it's like, so... Of course, him escaping is amazing and makes the ending really fulfilling, but I'm less, it, I don't know, it seems less drastic than it would have if he escaped in the beginning. It's like, oh, phew, glad you got out of there, but he already experienced the highs and lows of prison. Yeah, yeah for
1: 19 so,
0: years. Yeah, Solitary for, like, two, yeah. months. You know, we keep talking about the long game and stuff like that, but just attitude in general, like, having yeah. to play to people's, uh, egos and stuff like that, so that you don't get mm-hmm. your stuff taken away. And oh, you know, suddenly there's a hole in your wall. Where did that come from? Yeah. You know,
1: he literally only called the warden obtuse yeah. and got put in solitary for two months. Yeah. yeah, for saying obtuse. Yeah, that's like a really nice way to call someone stupid. Yes, <laughs> it's as nice as you can be. Right. You know
2: what I will say about this movie too, which we've touched on. But I just I can't even think of one actor who didn't do an amazing job. The guy who actually is guilty for killing his wife, oh. <laughs> for killing um, uh, Andy's wife, he's only in it for about a minute, and I was like, best actor of the whole movie? What the F? That was yeah. so terrifying! <laughs> yeah. So we decided we're gonna end this episode by doing a recasting. Mm-hmm. Even though sacrilege, of
0: course, Yeah, it would it never get would remade. Never be remade. <laughs> but...
2: Who would you cast if they were making this movie now
0: instead of back then? Okay, let's pick only like a few characters. So we're gonna recast Andy, we're gonna recast Red, we're gonna recast Brooks, the Warden, and Tommy. Okay. I definitely need a minute. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Okay. I'm ready.
1: Cool. Let's do this, guys! I'm excited.
0: Me too! From the bottom to the top, Tommy, Warden, Brooks, Red, Andy.
1: I'm not... The snack is probably what I'm least excited about. Oh, really? Because I I wanted somebody snackier. And I I feel like like, there's some basic bitch on Netflix that I'm forgetting about. That's exactly who I did, so I'm going to start. I picked Noah Centineo. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah. he's so snacky. (laughs) I haven't seen him in anything. But he's so cute. I've watched, like, three different YouTube essays about how he is one of the worst actors. (laughs) (laughs) And how
2: he's (laughs) never been in a good movie. (laughs) I mean, I
1: think that... Well, I've only seen him
2: in one movie, which was To All the Boys I Love Before, which, okay. like I said, was not made for me, and I knew that going in, but I still wanted to watch it. Okay. Um, I just oh! Think he's, I just think he's really cute, and there's, like, no reason... Did you think of a new snack? i like, snack? <laughs> I know. Uh, it's not, like, necessarily about his acting. Like, Tommy's not in it very much. I, yeah. I just yeah. think it's about... He's really cute, and he's the type of cute where you're also innocent, so I think that he can totally be this, like, guy who's pretending to be a, a tough guy, but then at the bottom of it, he's actually, like, scared
1: and then gets killed. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, you just made me completely change my snack. Okay. <laughs> I want to
0: go because I didn't change mine. Okay, go. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Because I'm scared you're going to have I mine. don't think we do. For Tommy, I picked Aker Montgomery.
1: Ooh.
2: Okay.
1: From sexy. From Change Things? Yeah, that's sexy.
0: Because. Yeah, he's cute. And,
1: and I,
2: because he has a soft side.
0: Yeah, and it certainly helps that I saw him in Stranger Things because that's like closer to the era than like modern day. Yeah. Is. He's amazing in Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just, yeah, I feel like he has that tough outer layer, yeah. but like the inner vulnerability. Yeah, that that's a good choice. do a great job.
1: That is a great choice. Mine looks like that. <laughs> My choice is Nick Robinson. Who is that? I need that? a picture, show me. It is Love, Simon. Oh. oh, yeah, Love, Simon he he's is cute. He such a cutie pie. He's yeah. such a little baby. I, um, I haven't yeah. seen
2: Love, Simon, or I don't know what else he's in, but um, so I have no idea about anything except his looks. But his looks are good.
1: So yes, so, no, I know. I only thought of that, though, because she had said Noah Centineo, which, like, that had crossed my mind. I don't know anything about him, but I was like, there's somebody out there who, like, has that much buzz and stuff. And mm-hmm. this guy rode high on the YA train for a while. Yeah. And yes. I would like to see him in something better.
2: Noah is going to be in Charlie's Angels. Maybe you guys will like him, then.
1: Okay, so let's go with our wardens now?
2: Our wardens. Okay. Who wants to go first?
0: Sam, you don't want to go? Mine go feels basic. Um, mine, mine,
1: <laughs>
0: I feel like mine's a little cheap as well.
1: Mine is basic just because it's me. Being I want to guess, does one of you guys have Michael Shannon? No, <laughs> that's a no, good choice, though. That's a so
0: good choice. Too aggressive, I, picked, I think. Too
1: aggressive. <laughs> I like that choice, though. Yeah. I picked because
2: bias, but also because they've played characters like this, I picked Sam Rockwell. Because oh, wow. I. He's played, like, horrible guys before. Like, um, for example, in Three Billboards, he's a horrible, abusive racist, even though we end up, like, liking him by the end. He's still not a good guy. And, of course, we've seen him as crazy murder rapist, and I think that he could do subtle dick that gets people murdered really well. I would also like to see him be nice and welcoming in the beginning. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And make you think... I can also see him being, like, a Bible thumper yeah hardcore
0: um for the warden I picked Ben Mendelsohn <laughs> and I, I don't know if it's just because we Can were literally a picture we yeah. were just
1: talking about him but I don't know what he looks like yeah <laughs> yeah he's a bad guy yeah he's get it I'm the bad guy yeah I'm the bad. he
0: seems like really buttoned up like he could play that role it's like yeah like buttoned up He like, he could older, even have glasses he's got
2: like a leadership about him yeah
0: yeah. yeah. Also, it's good juxtaposition for who I picked for Andy, so. Oh,
1: it's oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, yeah. My warden is Tucci.
0: Nice. Stanley yeah. Tucci. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good, good too. I love
1: it when he wears glasses, and I can picture him being so warm and welcoming, and just drop of a hat. Because you need turn. to like him to a degree, like yeah. a little. You do, yeah. he's he, a little. You have to throw the scent off that he's not a down and dirty person yeah. who's screwing everyone over. Yeah. So that when
2: uh, Noah Centineo gets murdered, it's a shock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, next is Brooks. Yes. I want to go first. That's fine. Well, uh, I'm afraid that we might
1: overlap. I think we might have the same one. I'm scared. I chose, I feel like I'm going to say it. You guys are going to go, who's that? Oh. oh. I chose Miguel Sandoval. I don't oh, know, I don't who, know who that is. Next yes, I'm you scared. do. I'm sure I do. Who is it? It's Frank Curry from Sharp Objects. Oh, oh, the, oh the police right. officer. That's oh. No, that's Vickery. Her, her editor. Like her dad.
0: Oh, her editor from Law and Order. From yeah, Law and Order. I think he's from
1: Law and Order. Oh, yeah. okay. and I just want him with that sweet beard, yeah, and that's so nice. I just want him to call Andy Cubby, and then I just oh, want my. him to just be this sweet man. I love him. He's mm. such a that's nice. He's such a dad, and um, I think he would do really well in a part like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you okay. and I might overlap.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll let
1: you go first if you want.
0: Okay. For for Brooks, I picked Michael Caine. I did, too. I did, too. I Michael Michael (laughs) Caine. I I just, like,
2: spelled it in the air. Can he do do an American accent?
0: I don't know if he would even need to. He's such a seasoned actor. Yeah, he doesn't need to, Courtney. I just think, like, he has, like, a persona, but, like, especially during those darker parts where he feels so lonely, I feel like it would just be heartbreaking. He would and be heartbreaking. I was
2: I was strongly picking this choice based on looks and based on age. Because mm-hmm. looking at pictures of what he looks like to at this very moment, he totally has a sweet old man face. Like, yeah. if I saw that saddle man walking out in the rain by himself, I would be heartbroken. Yeah. So I think with how, yeah, like how weathered and... He's weathered enough, it would work. It yeah. would be so sad. I, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I yeah. knew it if someone would do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm
0: excited about this round.
2: Okay, Red. So I was having such a hard time picking this character because there, I just felt like there were a lot more factors for this one than with the others. Like, you have to think about age, and a very specific age. You have to think about race. You have to think about, like, their personality in a way. They have to feel a little bit wiser, more worldly. I just found it very difficult. So... Mm-hmm. I don't need to go first. And I feel like this is uh it's what Morgan Freeman's best known for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, and Morgan Freeman's such a niche actor. Like mm-hmm. he, <laughs> he, yeah. he there is no other Morgan Freeman. Mhm.
1: So, uh so I chose and I'll just have to explain him to you, but I chose Michael Kenneth Williams and here's a picture of him. Mm. And I, you can just see from this picture the look.
2: Yeah. It, yeah. It seems, He's got the look.
1: Seems about right. Um so what I recently saw him in is When They See Us, which is the Ava DuVernay, Netflix miniseries right. about the Central Park Five, and he plays one of their dads. Okay. And just... Have you seen him in other stuff? That role really did it for me. Um, he is on The Wire, which I haven't watched, but that's a very beloved, famous show. And then he was in 12 Years a Slave, but I did also love him in the HBO miniseries The Night Of. Okay. So I have so seen him in a I fair amount of things. I can't point to his acting, but he, he looks the part for sure. Yes. Okay. Um, so he's been in... He's been in plenty, but those are just some things where I was like, yes, I know you from this, and cool. I support you. Cool. Yeah. You can okay. go next if you want.
0: All right. I had somebody before I picked the one that I picked.
2: Okay. And do you think I'll have it?
0: I think that you have the one I picked. Yeah, oh. I do. No, the, I think you had the one I've had before. Oh, okay. But I changed okay. mine. Okay,
2: tell me your new one then.
0: For red, I picked Chiwetel edge Oh,
1: Okay. You were saying that was the guy from Doctor Strange, Courtney? Doctor Strange and Kimmy, obviously. Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. I was just saying Doctor Strange because
0: we, <laughs> we just watched that. Watched yeah. that but main guy in Twelve Years a Slave. Oh, yeah. yeah, so I am north up. I do think he's a bit young, but he's pretty. He looks really wizened for mm-hmm. his age. He's forty-two, and he's gonna have to age in the movie. So. Yeah. The one that I picked before was.
2: Wait! Don't say who, if di- it's mine. who did you pick? I picked Lawrence Fishburne.
0: Oh, okay. That's not. Ah! <laughs> That's a good choice. Oh, I love Lawrence Fishburne. I
1: listen to that man all day. I love his voice. (laughs) Oh, what was your pick before?
0: It was Will Smith. You guys. Oh, he's fifty. Did you know that? Yeah, he's old, old and I just thought it was too commercial. And he would have to have like way. He's too charismatic. He's too too funny. I think he's not as subtle enough as the character needs to be because he he's so pop culture right now, and I think that really needs to die down for him to get any more like. High high recognition for film going forward, you know. Yeah, I yeah. just
2: I I mean I love Will Smith, I do. But I I did think of him because for age I think he's appropriate. But I I do think there's something about him that even though he's fifty, he still feels like a quirky, fun young guy. Yeah, like, I would hang out with Will Smith like a friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, do you want to say anything else about the other guy? Uh,
0: Chiwetel. Yeah. No. Okay. No.
2: So yeah, I picked Lawrence Fishburne because mostly because of all those criteria that I said earlier, but I I do love his voice. He he totally can narrate a film and I'd right. be into it. Also, I I mean, you guys know I'm a huge fan of the Matrix and he's brilliant in that. Mm-hmm. He's brilliant in everything that he does. So, I I think that he can really take on a a starring role in this movie.
0: Mm-hmm. That was a
2: good round. Yeah. Okay. okay, guys. There's a lot of weight on this. Is anyone worried about overlap? I'm not worried about overlap. So.
1: I'm worried about something like a dumb bitch. <laughs> I'm, I'm slightly
2: worried about overlap just because, I don't know, it didn't seem like a super obvious choice to me, and I think at surface level it seems basic, but I don't think that it is. That's okay. what I'll say
1: about mine.
0: Okay. Well, now I'm so- <laughs> I also changed my answer to this oh, at the dead. last minute. So I'm I- changing
1: mine right now. I have something different. <laughs> <minutes>. <laughs> okay. Um, Does anyone feel I'll solid go about going first? Okay. Please. Okay. Just <laughs> a, there's there's lot I'm scared in the I will room. change
2: again. <laughs> okay. I picked Ryan Gosling. Oh, okay. Oh. Because I, I, I feel a little basic about it because he is, like, so hunky, but I God damn, guys! He's a great actor. And mm, I, he is. I think he's pretty versatile. And he's I, got those
1: sad puppy dog eyes. He has mm-hmm. sad
2: puppy dog eyes, and for a character like this, where obviously you want a good actor, but in a way, they almost don't need to be that versatile. I think he could do a really good job. And he's right in that sweet spot where he still looks like a baby, but you can age him because he's almost forty in real life. Right like, to yeah. to look older. Um, would
0: you have him clean shaven in the film? I would love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd get him, like, scruffy as time goes on. Yeah, like yeah. scruffy. Yeah, That's totally. totally. I he just want looks him... so rugged and handsome when he's got, like... Some facial hair. Facial hair, yeah. you know? No,
2: I would definitely want him clean-shaven <laughs> in the beginning. Um, yeah, just kind of the same way that they, they changed Tim... Are you guys really nervous? I am
0: nervous. Corny, I said something. I feel
1: like I'm making um. all these faces. I feel like I'm in pain. Oh my god. Anyway, I hilarious. really like
2: my answer. I'm glad you guys like it. Yeah, I have three answers. No. Oh, I know. So. <laughs> pick the one. The one. And then you can tell us the others as mentions. You have to pick one. Do you want Kimmy to go first?
1: No, <laughs> it's okay. I can wait.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, go first. Oh okay. What if I have yours? I don't care. I have backups. Okay, <laughs> has two backups. All right. So I'll tell you my my choice, okay. and then I'll tell you what I had before I okay. changed it. Okay. I picked Paul Dano. <laughs> was
2: that
1: one of your choices, Courtney?
0: For a snack. <laughs> oh, oh, really? No. I, he
1: was one of my choices for the snack. That's so funny. I
0: wonder if this is a product of my, you know, feeling like the stoicism of Andy's character, but mm-hmm. I feel like Paul Dano can do it really underplayed with just like a hint more, you know, something to capture you. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he can look really meek, but like I said, with my pick for Ben Mendelsohn as the warden, Paul Dano was a tall guy, he is, yeah. and I just think that the power play between the two would be juxtaposed by their height, mm-hmm. you know, because Ben Mendelssohn's pretty short. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it would be pretty funny, because he does escape at Mora, and then <laughs> doing this, it's like the exact yeah, same yeah. thing. That's pretty yeah. funny. My before choice, though, was Daniel Radcliffe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get it. He likes this army man. Yeah. yeah. I
0: actually picked them separately from that, though.
2: Interesting. I... I see the reasoning behind both, honestly. Uh, I would say, and this doesn't mean I don't think he would be a good choice, because I, I have faith in him as an actor, like, going aside from his looks. But looks-wise, I will say there's something about Tim Robbins
1: that even though he has a baby face, he just still feels tougher than that to me. Mm-hmm. Like, Dana just, I, I'm going to look at him and think, 16-year-old.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Paul he he's, feels he's too young and that He in feels more
2: I... frail to me, but that's mm-hmm. that's solely by looks. That has nothing to do with his acting ability.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Alright, take my hand, let's walk down dumbass lane. (laughs) I think, and this is nowhere near typed up on my notes at all, this is coming to me now, and I'm just gonna say it, Jake Gyllenhaal. (laughs) <laughs> I like that after
2: all of that, you're like, no, it's the boy. <laughs> for, I feel like I thought you were going to pick that. It's me, Courtney. <laughs> oh, also for any, if there's listeners like tuning in for the first time ever... I picked Sam Rockwell because I fucking love him, and Courtney just picked Jake. <laughs> I don't mean just, but I'm just yes, saying it's, it's funny that we have those people because you love Jake Of Gyllenhaal. course,
1: but I came to him from, from... That's why I was over here having, like, a spasm, because <laughs> telling you that Ryan Gosling has got those puppy dog eyes, mm. I can just picture the look on Andy's face as he's supposed to be walking around the prison either after solitary or after the sisters get to him, mm-hmm. and just what that would be like and it's just got jake written all over his face and they made him look so young in nocturnal animals Mm -hmm. and then they made him look scruffy in nocturnal animals and i think he can do both really well i think he can look like a nice um because he just does so much with his eyes he just acts all through those and i feel like we could really just be on andy's side without him doing much with him being quiet Mm -hmm. um and obviously he's my fave. So, you win. Do you guys want to hear what my <laughs> <I think laughs> You win. Yes. Jake. So, what I wrote and what I was, like, prepared to argue because of age, uh, I originally chose Mark Ruffalo. Okay. Well, okay. Don't care about it anymore. Like, I get it. Just, uh, yeah, I would be a little too old, I think. A little too old. Yeah. And then my other choice is too young, but Jack Rayner uh, from Midsummer. Oh. Oh,
2: interesting. Just because
1: I want to see
0: him have more to work with. Well, that was I a fun think game. That was
2: pretty successful. Yeah, yeah. I liked that. I like
0: our casts. I'm ready to see them on the short list.
2: Yeah, <laughs> let's go, remake. <laughs> well, that was our second Simply Spoilers episode ever, and yes. I had a grand old time. That was a really fun movie to pick. And uh, go see it, Chapter Two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Support Stephen's mini adaptation. Support Stephen. <laughs> also, spoiler alert for the movie Stephen
1: King makes a cameo. Get ready. And guess who went to the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs>